Today, we are bringing our Micah 6-8 sermon series to a close as we consider what it means to walk humbly with God, although I'm excited to say we get a little reprieve in two weeks when Errol Rohr will be in our pulpit preaching the sermon on justice he had prepared earlier this summer that was circumvented by COVID, so we are grateful for that. Um, but today, we're going to reflect on our call to creativity. And we're going to get into the creative spirit by singing together our prayer of illumination, which comes from a hymn that you might be familiar with from a different season in the church year. Together, as we prepare to read the scripture that is in the voice of wisdom, let us pray. Our scripture lesson comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verses 22 through 31, spoken in the voice of wisdom. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the second half of his life, after serving in World War II and then taking over the family business in Albany, Georgia, my grandfather discovered a talent and passion for painting. Some of my most cherished childhood memories are of the times Pop-Up, as we called him, set up easels and paints and guided his five grandchildren through the process of creating an image on a blank page, choosing your subject, imagining the picture, dipping the brush in the paint just so, experimenting with different strokes 
and angles of the brush. I confess I quickly lost patience with the whole endeavor. My talents are not in the area of visual arts, but one of my siblings and one of my cousins showed real artistic promise, and my cousin is now a professional art educator. I prefer to watch pop-up paint or to admire his latest painting in progress on the easel in his studio, marveling at the patience and attention to detail required to go from blank canvas to finished painting. The third and final task of Micah's threefold requirement is an unusual Hebrew phrase that is typically translated, walk humbly with your God. But when Old Testament professor Ryan Bonfiglio shared with me in our podcast that an alternate translation is walk creatively, my first reaction was an internal groan. My lack of artistic ability has always made me feel like a decidedly uncreative person. So honestly, that translation just didn't resonate with me at first. Also, to be creative means we're capable of producing something that will benefit the world, or at least the people who experience it. To do that, we have to see ourselves as having something unique and worth offering. And if we think we're all that, isn't that the opposite of humility? Well, today's text from Proverbs suggests otherwise. This passage is the second of three speeches in Proverbs that come from the mouth of wisdom personified. Last week in the first chapter, we heard the voice of wisdom crying out in the streets and at the town square, begging God's people to attend to injustices that need to be corrected. Here, in today's passage, wisdom reveals something about her nature and her history. Wisdom is an essential attribute of God, present even before God's first acts of creation, before there were mountains or oceans, dirt or stars. From the beginning of the beginning, we are told, wisdom was present as a joyful partner to God, daily his delight, rejoicing in the world and delighting in humanity. Clearly, this kind of sacred biblical wisdom isn't what we call knowledge. It's something much more dynamic, something that encompasses not just information or skill, but also joy and delight. In fact, this kind of wisdom looks an awful lot like what we might call creativity. Ryan Bonfiglio explained that although Micah's phrase is translated, walk humbly, that phrase doesn't appear anywhere else in the Bible. It is very similar to an Arabic word, a word which means to make something artistically, to be creative. And Arabic as a language is closely related to Hebrew. So could it be that Micah is suggesting that part of walking humbly is acknowledging and using our God-given creativity, even as we seek to do justice and love kindness? 
After all, if we human beings are created in God's image and creativity is an essential attribute of God, then creativity in all its forms is an essential part of being human, which means it's necessary to the tasks of doing justice and loving kindness and walking with God. Last week, Daryl Pines, the president of the University of Maryland, and Gregory Washington, the president of George Mason University, demonstrated what doing justice and loving kindness creatively can look like. In a jointly published editorial, they shared sobering statistics about gun violence in America, that so far this year we've lost more than 23,000 Americans. On average, that's five people dying every hour of every day, a total of 120 people a day. As leaders of the two largest public research institutions in the Washington region, they wrote, we looked at ourselves and asked, what can we do to end this scourge of senseless gun violence? Their answer was to co-create the 120 Initiative, which seeks to harness the unique resources of universities, the knowledge that comes when you bring together scholars from the disciplines of public health, business, psychology, engineering, and conflict resolution to work together and propose innovative ways to address this crisis. But the project doesn't just harness knowledge. Pines and Washington write, they will also ask our artists and creators to help us tell the stories of victims because they are not just statistics. Together, they wrote, we accept the responsibility of finding innovative solutions that cross political parties, cultures, races, and geographies. It is one of the gifts of wisdom that gives us the capacity to creatively weave together justice, compassion, and joy. After all, the person of wisdom that we meet in Proverbs doesn't just implore her listeners to do the right thing. Instead, as scholar Diana Butler Bass puts it, wisdom invites, lures, and entices all who hear her to journey more deeply into her joys and to experience the abundance of justice. Love wisdom, seek wisdom, and all her gifts will be yours. We are invited to live creatively as God's beloved children, delighting in God's creation and God's creatures, working together to do justice and love kindness. The Jungian analyst Lisa Marciano writes, we are all artists at heart. The word create comes from an older word that implied a sense of making something out of nothing. When we're creative, it simply means we bring something into the world that wasn't there before. If you haven't found your creative medium, she suggests, look to where the energy is. What draws you? What fills you with excitement? Tend these fires wherever they may burn. 
As we bring this sermon series to a close, our work of justice and loving kindness continues. As we've noted many times, this task to which Micah calls us is a lifelong practice. So as we seek to apply creativity, joy, and delight to the practice of doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God, we might ask these questions as individuals and as a church. What draws us? What excites us? What is happening in the world or in our community that angers us or frustrates us? These are the fires we should tend, the places we can apply our energy and creativity, where we can embrace the joyful possibility that we have the creativity and the capacity to make a difference. After he died suddenly, my grandmother invited her five grandchildren to go into Pop-Up's studio and take whatever paintings we wished to have. These were mostly paintings that Pop-Up hadn't considered good enough to display at a show or to try to sell. One of the pictures I chose depicts a man with a red hat in his hands. It's on the cover of your bulletin today. There are similar hats hanging above the man's head. Apparently, he's a hat maker. He seems to be making hats for a living. And he's holding his most recent creation carefully and gazing down at it with what seems to me a discerning and satisfied expression. When I asked my grandmother about the picture, she said it was copied from a photograph in a National Geographic magazine, so it couldn't be shown or sold. But it had been a way for my grandfather to practice his craft, to experiment with new techniques. That painting is hung in our home for more than 15 years now. Most days, I'm moving too fast to even take a good look at it. But from time to time, I stop, and I really see it. I remember whose imagination and perseverance created it. I recall my grandfather's patience and gentleness, his abiding faith, and the satisfaction, pride, and delight he took in finishing a painting, or at least deciding it was ready for other people to see it. There will never be a moment when we can check the box and declare ourselves finished, doing justice, loving kindness, or walking through the world with attentiveness, creativity, and wisdom. This is a lifelong endeavor, an ongoing practice. But just because it is ongoing doesn't mean that it needs to be arduous or burdensome. We get to be lifelong partners with the God who created us. We get to help bring God's kingdom to earth, to enact the prayer we pray together every week that God's will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. We get to be active participants in God's justice and compassion, and like wisdom, at the moment of creation, we are invited to enjoy the process. That wisdom continues to move among us. She is dancing, delighting, enjoying God's creation and inspiring God's even more extraordinary creatures, each one of us. 
In the words of the poet Rumi, if you knew yourself for even one moment, if you could just glimpse your most beautiful face, maybe you wouldn't slumber so deeply in that house of clay. Why not move into your house of joy and shine into every crevice? For you are the secret treasure bearer and always have been. Didn't you know? Amen. <laughs>